Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. This is 3CR with Annie on Showreel. We're concentrating on Australian film here. And uh, today we're going to be looking at a... Uh, Electric Shorts, 2016, independent short films. And in the studio to help me talk about this is one of the uh, uh, directors of uh, Electric Shorts, and that is, of course, Vicky Sakanis. G'day, how are you? Hi, Annie. Good, thanks. Yeah. Now, as you were telling me outside, it's uh, it's a um, Electric Shorts is going to be timed for a, a um, screenings a screening during Fringe Festival, and it's been had a long association with Fringe. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, that's right, Annie. So it'll be part of Fringe Festival on Wednesday, September the 28th. Uh, it started in 2002 by Jim Stamatakis, who's an independent filmmaker himself. It's been running every year since then, except for last year. So it's been about 12 or so events all up. Um, shown lots of films over that time, given the opportunity to many local and international filmmakers to show their work. Yeah, and that's right. So what's the process of getting films for this night? So what uh, we do is we put out a call for expressions of interest, so uh, on websites and networks and whatever, and filmmakers submit an expression of interest with their film, Sorry, no, they submit an expression of interest. The only criterion that they need to meet is that the film has to be independent. So that means no funding from government, corporates, anybody. Oh, they have to do it themselves. They have to do it themselves, that's right. And you'd think that... That's a challenge, isn't it? It's a huge challenge for filmmakers and artists anywhere, really, Um, but particularly film because it can be quite an expensive thing to make. But you'd be surprised, though, that there are quite a lot of filmmakers who actually do make films themselves because I suppose there's more filmmakers and funding available and people are passionate about getting their work out there. Yeah, right. So what kind of things, like now that we've got uh, more uh, modern uh, methodologies or even cheaper methodologies of making film, like people have been making films on on phones and they like they set themselves challenges based on the modern technology or electronic technology. What sort of range have you got in this in terms of uh, how the films have been made? Um, I 
don't know that we we haven't received any expressions of interest of films made on phones, but most of them are use a variety of techniques. There's a range of experimental works. So the experimental works use some animation, some um, soundscapes, uh, splicing with uh, videos and things. So, yeah, pretty interesting sort of formats. All right. So because of the challenge itself has caused people to uh, probably take a walk on the wild side. It's, this, this program isn't going to be uh, just a straight narrative film uh, experience. That's what you're saying? Oh, that's exactly right. No, it's not. And each of the electric shorts in the past, there's been a mix of narrative films and experimental films, music videos. This time there's um, there's about four or five, almost an even split of narrative and experimental. Some films are you know, a minute long, a bit longer. Um, the longest is about 20 minutes. So it's just a real variety of work. Oh, that's fantastic. And now that... that um so, Vicky, the, uh, it's only one night, isn't it? That's exactly right. So it'll be 12 films on the one night. So usually what happens is there's about six films are shown first and there's an intermission. The rest of the uh, films are shown. Um, but, it, yeah, it's the one night. So we do get more films you know, than we can actually show. So there's a little bit of a selection process. Um, hopefully people don't get disappointed if their work's not shown, but some people submit multiple films so we can show at least one of theirs. And it's not just Australia. No, that's right. So this year, as in a few in previous years, we've had film. We've got films from Iran, which I think is really exciting. Particularly, um, the subject matter is about capital punishment. Um, so something like that, as you can imagine, is probably a bit tricky to to make in Iran and to actually get out there. So I think that's very exciting and very brave of the filmmaker. Um, there's also a work uh, from Russia. And that's uh, an interesting narrative about the changes that have taken place in Russia, um, particularly around sports and sporting clubs. Um, and that, yeah, I think that'll make people think a little bit about what's happening over there. And there's a, a short experimental work, if you like, from Colombia, which is, again, it's, um, it's different. It's really about, uh, well, nature and eros, but the... I suppose, the sexual side of nature, and there's a bit of soundscape as well. So that all those three are quite different. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, how did they get here? I mean, what, how did they know about this? Um, Is this the mar- uh, the marvellous nature of online? I, I, that's my understanding of it. So I think some of the international film sites picked up our uh, information about electric shorts somehow um, and then these people actually and that's as you said it's a joy it's one of the joys of technology these days is people can then submit their work submit an expression of interest via email and then submit their work online you know electronically so but it really tells you the nature of uh, put doing something like this like Jim has created this uh, this a uh, night this film night basically uh, with you know is specifically to support people who make their own films and potentially have absolutely no uh, way of getting a a communal audience of this nature. That's right. And Jim Stamatakis, who started this um, festival, if you like, this project of Electric Shorts all those years ago and has been doing it all this time, is himself an independent filmmaker. So he was facing the same kinds of challenges that all the filmmakers um, exhibiting this year or every year are facing, and he realised that, yes, there aren't that many opportunities to show your work. So he wanted to support other filmmakers to show their work 
to an audience um, and they may not have had those opportunities in the past. You're on uh, 3CR with Annie on Showreel and I'm talking with Vicky Sussak. So we have this conversation about not being able to say people's surnames properly. Sakonath. Sakonis, that's right. Sakonis. I'm sorry, I apologise. Sakonis. And uh, she is uh, the uh, deputy director, really. That's right. Jim's really the brainchild and the one who's been driving it all this time. And this year I'm sort of helping out. Yeah. And this is electric shorts. We're talking about electric shorts. But before we go on, we'll have a little important message. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. Now, you say that uh, you actually got quite a, a number of entries. How, how many entries and how, how was it decided? Um, I think we got about 16 entries all up and we could only really fill a screen about 12. A few people submitted multi, uh, double, you know, two entries. So Jim selected one, to be fair to people. Um, and really it was just a timing thing. But it was um, pretty much everyone who submitted... Gets gets a chance. Yeah, gets a chance. That's right. So, the idea behind it is to you know be as accessible as possible, really, so people have that opportunity to show their work. So it's a bit select, isn't it? Really, a little bit select. Yes, that's right. (laughs) It is. Yes, but yes, hopefully, as I said, everyone gets an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And what's the process of? uh, ordering, because I mean, anybody who hasn't done something like this may not realise how important it is to the patterning of a screening. So, how was that approached? Um, well, Jim sort of handles that, but I imagine from what I've seen in the past with electric shorts, is there's a mix of time, so you don't have you know a whole lot of films at the same time span in the one go. So, a mix of time, mix perhaps of narrative and experimental. So, and possibly a mix of themes, so, or, or, you know, um, themes kind of connected to each other. Now, we've looked at the overseas films. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit bit more about the Australian films? Um, There's some Australian films by some, uh, I suppose, mid-career filmmakers, local filmmakers. Um, Some of them are narrative. So, for example, Walkman by Zev Howley is very much about what we were talking about before, about technology and the impact of technology on our lives. Um, and it's although it is a narrative, it's an interesting use of poetry. So there's haiku, uh, which is a form, a very old form of poetry, kind of inserted every so often in the film, which I think makes it quite interesting. Um, and I suppose the title Walkman tells you a bit about, you know, the nostalgic idea of Walkman's um, the other film that's made by a local filmmaker... So when you say it's got a haiku in it, is it actually spoken? Or oh, is it... sorry. It's kind of flashed on the screen. So, so he's actually... Like, this is... Uh, uh, it's narrative, but it's employing experimental technique. Well, that's exactly right. So it's not just a straight narrative. It's... Yeah, it is employing those techniques. And it's interesting because 
it sort of contrasts that very old, it's almost an ancient form of poetry with a more modern sort of even... Well, it's almost like text poetry, actually. That's exactly right. And there's uh, the poet who's written these haiku is credited, and I've forgotten her name, but yeah, so it's new poetry. It's not um, old poetry that he's put up there, but it's new poetry done in that sort of style. So there's this opportunity to fuse uh, traditional arts of um, outside the filmic medium with film. That's what's going on there. Yeah, that's right. And that's really exciting, particularly uh, for someone like me who, are, who writes as well and who writes poetry. And you can see, I suppose, the possibilities of collaborating with other artists. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's, much, it's a, a much more pure form of uh, filmmaking in a sense because, it's, uh, because filmmaking is uh, a medium of emotion, Quite clearly, it's it's about it's it's about emotion, and uh, the visuals and the fusing of sound really allows for people to have an emotional response to something. Well, that's right, and I'm not, not that I want to harp on too much about the the haiku and the poetry, but it, it really excited me to see that on the screen because the poet who wrote the the haiku encapsulated some of the ideas in the film that I think Zev was trying to uh, nut out in an old form but in a contemporary language, which was fantastic. Which gives an idea of the strength of having something like the electric uh, film night because uh, these films don't just make the rounds uh, in any other form, really. Uh, Probably not, from what I can gather. So... Well, we'd hope that they'd have other opportunities to have yeah. their work out there, but you no, know, you're right, they don't have lots well, this of is a commu- th- this is a very nice communal uh, way of actually looking at a film so that people can actually talk about them as well, you know, because th- it has an effect on people. And uh, so, it, it, and it's a good place to have it as well. In, and we'll talk a little bit about that in, uh, when you go through a few more of these films. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. In having a film shown in a bar makes it a bit more relaxed, a bit more accessible. Uh, yes, you can talk about films after screening at a cinema, but I think a bar's you know just a slightly different sort of environment, yeah. and there is, and that's what we're hoping that people will talk to each other. The filmmakers, I'm assuming, a lot of them will be there, and they can talk to their audience, which I think is exciting for any, any artist. Yeah, exactly. What other sort of Australian films are going to be in the program? Um, there's one that's experimental again, and that's and that's very very brief. It's about a minute and twenty four, and that's called the fairy tale section, and it's. Of a movement piece, if you like, um, and that's oh, I found that quite interesting because it was black and white. It had the movement incorporated into it. the uh, The film looks grainy, so and it, because it's so brief, it's just like this little impression, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, there's another narrative film called Redemption by uh, a local filmmaker called Tim Vogel. And that, I suppose, looks into issues of, well, is, it, is redemption really possible? Um, and it kind of ties in a little bit with the film by the Iranian filmmaker uh, that morning, which is about those social issues and capital punishment. So redemption set in prison, and it's an encounter between, between well, two inmates, and they find that they have there is a bit of a link between them, and some of the rhetoric about redemption, you know, it's possible for everyone to redeem themselves, that kind of is turned on its head a little bit because the, um, 
it's be- it becomes apparent without you know having a spoiler um, that it's a bit closer to home what has happened. So that's when you start to think about well maybe redemption is not a black and white sort of thing. Oh yeah, well um, I suppose uh, that's why you had the old and the new testament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, yes, and funny you should say that because that's kind of re- what, what referenced in the film. Yes. <laughs> what it's reflecting. It's all yes. very well if, unless it's personal. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that was my take on it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what other sort of things are on? Um, another interesting, I don't know whether you'd call it experimental, but again, I thought it was interesting. Not It wasn't a narrative called Subjacent. And the filmmaker, Justine Wallace, has marine footage shot on the Mornington Peninsula, which is quite local. Um, and it's, again, it's an interesting contrast to Eros, the Colombian film I mentioned about, I suppose, the sexualised nature of nature. So Jason looks at the other end of it, the more Darwinian aspect of, you know, well, it's the survival of the fittest down there. Um, and again, they've got some soundscape. And it's spliced some um, geometrical sorts of images, which I thought were quite interesting and I had to really think about those afterwards. Um, And I think, again, that will uh, be a catalyst for people to think on the night. Okay, so there's these, you know, underwater imagery and then there's the geometry sort of spliced into it. What's kind of that all about? So, Well, it sounds like um, it's a very... I mean, because it's part of the fringe the electric um, film uh, shorts, which is uh, going to be on at uh, the Loop Bar in Maya Place, mm-hmm. which is a great, actually a great um, mm. location. It's uh, it's very welcoming. It's uh, easy to uh, insert yourself in there. Well, that's right. And there's two screens from what I remember. So there's one in the front area and I think there's another one sort of in the back area. So you can fit a lot of people. Um, I mean, it's, it's in the laneway and it's kind yeah. of groovy and it's kind That's of right. nice. And as you said, there's going to be the filmmakers there on the night. It's a, actually a delightful sort of uh, event to go to, but also it represents something important about uh, allowing filmmakers who are not mainstream to actually reach an audience. This is very important. That's exactly right. And it's also great for audience members too to be able to, if they want to, have a conversation with the filmmaker and have that dialogue happening. And I think that's something that, um, again, as an artist myself, I find that really interesting. And I think the filmmakers uh, would really enjoy that. Well, I mean, the very fact that you've decided to put your hand up to support Jim's work, I was going to ask you, do you know if uh, this kind of night has led other people to go, oh, I think I might like to do that? You know, I might like to make a film? Um, I'm not quite sure, but I wouldn't be surprised because if people have met the filmmaker on the night, they perhaps have a bit of a chat about, well... It's perhaps the creative expression, that, that process. So, and it, as you said, the technology these days, it's much more accessible for people and it's a bit cheaper. Um, so, well, yes, everyone can make a film if they like. Yeah. Um, and and that's, the, that's the great thing about one of these kinds of nights. Yeah. So um, it's, uh, it, is it free? Oh, yes, free. If you want to drink, you know, that you can pay for that. <laughs> the drinks aren't free, but, hey, you know, the drinks are good at the loop bar. So, yeah, it is free, yes. And, again, that, again, we've tried to make it accessible um, by making it free. So that's great. Well, we're back in Two Shakes of a Lamb's Tale. There's an other, another event 
a film event that's happening in Melbourne that's uh, devoted to film, not just the electric shorts, but uh, have a listen. The Made in Melbourne Film Festival is the only festival exclusively for Melbourne and Victorian filmmakers. Taking place over six nights at Acme, Palace Cinemas Como, QV Summer Cinema and the Backlot Studios, the festival is currently accepting submissions in the following categories. Short and feature films, high school films, web series and music videos. Final deadline for submissions is Friday the 7th of October. In 2016, Made in Melbourne is also running the inaugural First Nations Script to Screen Initiative. For more information, go to mim.org.au, a 3CR supporter. On Sunday, the 9th of October, 3CR opens its doors to the community and invites you to come in and celebrate 40 years of radical radio. There'll be an awesome afternoon tea, roving musicians, special on-air broadcasts, and the opportunity to step into the studio and get behind the mic. There'll also be face painting for the kids, stalls, rolling station tours, and the chance to purchase, for the first time, 3CR 40th birthday T-shirt. Come in and enjoy your community radio station. 3CR Open Day, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Sunday the 9th of October, 12 to 4pm. See you all there. Hi, my name is Rolf de Heer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. It certainly does. You're on 3CR. Don't forget to come to the open day on October the 9th. You'll be treated to a great uh, run-through of the station. You'll see what you're paying for because uh, you as part of the community listenership of 3CR of course you're a subscriber and of course you supported your favorite shows during the radiothon and if you haven't then you've always got the opportunity to uh, do that right now you can uh, come into the station or you can go online and become a subscriber and uh, make sure that uh, this station continues for another 40 years because of course 3CR was one of the uh, building blocks of the fabulous historical uh, pushback by community to allow community voices onto the air that uh, is being chipped away, I'll have to say. You know, of course, Australia is one of the uh, most concentrated media landscapes in the world. We're special. We we uh, are so uh, uh, overtaken by Murdoch and uh, neoliberal interests that a, a place like uh, 3CR and other community radio stations represent the vanguard of uh, making sure that you are aware of not just uh, what is actually going on out there, but also wonderful events like we've been talking about today, Electric Shorts, which is part of the uh, Fringe Festival, which also, I'll have to say, was um, or it might have been slightly later than 3CR on the cultural landscape, but I do remember the early meetings of Fringe in the early 80s. And so it continues as well as uh, something that uh, it supports the arts right across uh, the uh, arts spectrum. Uh, 
so you should uh, go out there and buy tickets and support your local artists. And you don't have to buy a ticket to come and see Electric Shorts, which is at the Loop Bar. And in the studio at the moment, we've got the Deputy Director of Electric Shorts. We've got Vicky in here. And Vicky, what, what time should people come down there? Well, the screenings will start at 7.30, but it's probably a good idea to get there a little bit earlier. Um, oh, you should buy yourself a drink. You should buy yourself a drink, that's right. <laughs> Even if it's lemonade. That's exactly right. Um, and I, as I know in the past, it gets pretty full. So if you want a, you know, a spot, a good spot to see the film, you'll get a spot anyway, but if you want to be sitting, um, it might be an idea to get there a little bit earlier. Yeah, so. no, I've been to it. I've been to a couple of the um, years that uh, Electric Shorts have been on and it's, it is fabulous to uh, see films in a non-traditional manner, but also in such a cosy collective yeah, that's right. And I think uh, you mentioned community before. And I think, uh, as you were also saying, that Electric Shorts is part of that film community. And that's one of the, the really positive things about it. We're part of the film community. Um, people are supporting each other. And a number of the filmmakers, uh, you know, they really do work on each other's films. They support each other in lots of different ways. And I think without that you know, would be lost, really. The arts landscape, you know, would be very um, desolate, really. Yeah, I think so, too. I I also think it's uh, actually incredibly interesting, these uh, films that you've got coming from places like Colombia and uh, um, the Iranian film and the Russian filmmakers, because uh, it's all very well for people to have... uh, you know, messages coming from those places coming out of mainstream media. But, I mean, whenever you mention Colombia, for example, uh, everybody makes a joke about the white powder. Yes. They, they never talk about what must be a complicated and dense country. Uh, we talk about Iran and we think about the conflict that uh, Western states have with Iran mm. on a political level. We know nothing about Iran except for the people that we actually speak to on the ground. So seeing a film by a person that uh, lives there is absolute gold, as well as uh, Russia. Russia's a huge place. Mm, that's right. What would we know? Well, that's exactly right. And that's, um, I suppose, when I was talking about community, we were talking about community, we were talking about the local community, but really we're, there is also the international community. And to be part of an international community, it behooves us really to find out more about the rest of the world and these films that the three that you've mentioned offer an insight into other parts of the world that yeah we know very very little about and as I was thinking about some of these films this morning before the program and I was thinking well I don't know what to comment on really because my knowledge about these countries is very limited so I can't be presumptuous and make all sorts of assumptions but to have a perspective from these places, uh, you know, an artistic of any perspective. Sort. Yeah, of any sort is fantastic. Yeah, I think so too. So put it in your diary, 7.30pm, Wednesday, September the 28th, Loop Bar, Maya Place, Melbourne. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, near, what's, uh, the Loop Bar is between Spring uh, and... Spring and Exhibition. Exhibition, and yeah. Burke and Little Collins. That's right. Um, and it's it, easy to find. It's actually near the, uh, the what is it, um, the Waiters Club. I was just going to say that, the Waiters Club. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right, near the Waiters Club. Yep. Yeah, near the Waiters Club. Yeah. So you can nip over there and have a nice dinner afterwards. That's okay. right. Okay. We'll we'll go out now because, uh, you know, that's a great event to have on your uh, calendar. Coming up next is Published or Not. Thanks very much for coming in, Vicky. Thanks, Annie. Thank you for the opportunity.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.